This is the Jail Ministry Podcast. The J-A-I-L, or Jesus Acts and Inmates Lives Ministry, is Christ-centered and provides programs focused on the prevention and intervention for the incarcerated. Jail Ministry also provides support to offenders, criminal justice professionals, victims, and their families. Thank you for your continued financial assistance. For more information, visit jailmen.org. Now, here's today's lesson. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Jail Ministry. I pray that you're having a wonderful day. And I just wanted to thank everyone that tune in to the Jail Ministry. And I pray that it's really been helping you. I know there are a lot of people that have uh, written in. And I just wanted to say uh, a few people uh, for Mr. Christopher and Travis County, Texas, and Heather in New Hampshire, and Leona in Indiana, and Antonio in Arizona. We want to thank you all for tuning in with us and watching the jail ministry. And we really pray that it's been meaningful and effective to you in your life and that it has helped you. You know, we always want to get the word of God out to the people because we know it is Jesus that is the answer for all things and not us ourselves. So we want to ensure that you know that you can go to the Lord anytime. Uh, wherever you are and whatever you're doing, whether you're riding in your car or sitting at home or just outside, it does not matter because we know that the Lord is everywhere. And one thing about the Lord Jesus Christ, he loves us. He cares for us. Every part of our life, every detail of our life, he's very much interested in that. And any way that we need help, we just go to him because he is our father and he's a good father too. So I just wanted to say, be encouraged, stay encouraged and encourage others. Let them know that, that all is not lost. Even if you feel maybe that you're not where you wanna be in life, or maybe you feel that you failed in some areas. And if that's true, it does not mean that you're a failure. It just means that you failed in that particular task. And the beauty of it is that you can do it all over again. We're going to make mistakes in life. But one thing about it, that we take our mistakes, we take all of our concerns to the Lord and he helps us. And that is the importance of knowing who he is and that we have a personal relationship with him. There's nothing more intimate and intricate than having a relationship with the Lord that you know that he is there for you. And whatever he told you that you're going to do it. And even if you don't altogether understand or even how to do it, that the Lord will help us. So we go to him and we talk to him because he is our father. And I wanted to talk to you today about God himself. You know, for those that know the Lord, that is so wonderful and that is so beautiful. But there are so many people still that don't know who God is. And we'll talk a little bit about that today. And hopefully, if there's any of you that are out there that are listening, if you don't know who Jesus is, then hopefully through the scriptures that we can paint a picture as to who he is, that you can get a visual as to who Jesus Christ is to you and that you can learn how to love him and that you can come to him and learn of him. And you find out some things that I assure you that you didn't really know. And you find out some things about yourself, maybe that you didn't know altogether. But one thing about it is that he loves us so very much. And there's nothing that we can do to 
stop him from loving us. Now, he may not altogether love some of the things that we do, because you know sometimes we can, we can be a booger bear. You know that, and I know that. But even in that still, we just go to the Lord and we say, Lord, I know I'm your child. I may not be your best child, but I'm still your child, and I still love you, Jesus, and I still trust you. And, Lord, I come to you because I know that you will in no wise turn me away. You will not, Jesus, because your words say it. So I wanted to, to encourage you to go on to know the Lord into greater heights and greater depths and share him with your neighbors, share him at the gas station, um, share him in your home. And it's so wonderful. You know, there's a little song that we should sing with the kids that everybody ought to know who Jesus is and everybody ought to tell. So would you be part of that everybody? Join in with me. Share Jesus with somebody. You never know. Maybe you're at a grocery store and somebody's in line behind you talking about things that they're going through. And they're there. The Lord has strategically planted them behind you or beside you or wherever they are so you can hear that, so you can encourage that person that all is not lost. You know, as long as we are on top of the earth and the earth is not on top of us, it is a good day. And everything else, if we turn it over to the Lord, he will work it out. I assure you that. So again, we thank those that have written in. We thank you that are watching the videos, that it is helping you. I know it is helping me learn more who Jesus is and getting even closer to him. You know, the little kids, they say, can I scooch up to you? And that's how I want to do the Lord. I just want to kind of scooch up to him and get real close to him and just let him know that I love him. I just want to love on him. And I found out that he will work out my entire life. And I thank him for being that kind of God. You know, Isaiah, the 40th chapter, I think about the 28th verse, it said that, have you not heard? Have you not known that the creator, God himself, that created the whole world, how he loved his people? Have you not heard? And do you not know? Well, I will tell you that there are still people that don't know who God is. So the mission is not over. It's not over until it's over and it's not over yet. So we still got to get Jesus out to the people to let them know that he is our hope of salvation. This world needs hope. This is a evil world that we live in, but it does not mean that we have to conform to this world. The Lord tells us we have to be transformed into a new creature. We're the poster child of Jesus. You know, we may be the only Jesus that some people are going to ever see. Some people may never go to anybody's church, but they may never believe that there's a God because they have not seen an example of God working in lives of others. So you and I, I encourage you and exhort you, be that example. Let the Lord work through you to let the world know that. Hey, we still got hope. We got a chance. And thank God for that. So once again, thank those that are watching. We appreciate it. Um, we love you. And for those that written in, I want to pray for you right now and ask the Lord to help you in whatever areas that you need help. Miss Heather, Mr. Antonio, Mr. Christopher, Leona, 
We appreciate those, those that are near, the names that I did not mention. You know who you are. We do thank you so sincerely. We thank you. And the Lord loves us all. So for all those that have a prayer request, even those that did not write in that still have a prayer request, we just go to the Lord in prayer right now. Would you please? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. For this is another day, Lord, that we can work out our salvation through you. Another day that we're on the earth, Lord, to do some good, Jesus. Another day to love our neighbors. Another day, Lord, to know more about you, Jesus. And Lord, I pray right now that everyone that wrote letters in to the jail ministry, Lord, I pray that whatever their need is, whatever is going on in their hearts, in their minds, if there's any confusion of things that they don't understand, or maybe they can't get closure on some things, Jesus. Maybe there's some that are sick. Maybe there's some, Lord, that have family problems, have family issues, Lord. Maybe they feel their lives is upside down. Maybe they feel their lives is breached. It's turned around in the wrong way and going the wrong direction. But Lord, I read in the scriptures where you said you are the repairer of the breach. And Jesus, if there's any Lord that just don't know you and the pardoning of their sins, Lord, I pray that you would come to them, that you would reveal yourself to them, that you will expose yourself to them and let them know that you're a God of love and that you came to save. You came to seek and to save that which is lost. And whether we lost within our own self or whether we lost in our situations that have occurred and even things are going to occur. Lord Jesus, I pray that you meet all the needs, every situation. Maybe their finances are not right like they should be. Maybe they don't have the necessities in life that they need Jesus. Maybe Lord, they just don't know who you are. Whatever the situation is, Jesus Christ, the righteous Lord, we love you, Jesus. And Lord, I ask you to meet every need according to your riches and your glory. You know what we need, Father. You know our lives. You know us, Jesus, better than we know ourselves. So, Lord, I pray for those that are listening. I pray for those that wrote in, Lord, that you would keep them encouraged and keep them, Lord, under your wings, oh God, in that secret place, Lord. Oh, Father, I pray that you would wash us all in the blood of Jesus Christ. Forgive us, Lord, of the things that we should have done, but we didn't do them. And Lord, forgive us of the things that we did do, but we shouldn't have done. Forgive us, Lord. And even some of the little things that we just overlook, Lord, maybe we gave somebody a look that wasn't right, or maybe we said something that we shouldn't have. Whatever that little thing is that we may say, oh, that's nothing, so insignificant. But Lord, in your eyes, it is all significant, Jesus. Because, Lord, we want to obey you. We want to be right, Lord. We want to be a Christian. We want the world to know that Jesus Christ, that he still lives, that he still reigns, that he had not relinquished his power, that he is still on the throne and he is still God almighty. He is not an unknown God to his people, but to those that don't know him. Jesus, reveal yourself to them. Bless your people, Lord. We love you. We praise you. 
We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We really appreciate the Lord. So I just want to get right into it. For those that have your Bibles, um, and I always like to give you the scripture, that way you can go back and read it when uh, the video is over. Maybe you didn't catch the scripture. And it's also so very important that as I read the scriptures, that whatever scripture that I read, that I should give you that scripture, because what I read should lead back to the scriptures and not back to me, because when you don't see me, you can always go to the word of God and find where it's written. Even Jesus himself, when the devil came at him, he used the word. He said, it is written and find where it's written. It was even written of Jesus before he came on this earth. Even Isaiah said, a young prophet. It was many prophets in that day, but only one said, a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son and his name shall be called Emmanuel. That word was out there as a witness in over 400 plus years, way after that, that word was still hanging out there and God fulfilled that word. So the Lord, he will honor his word, his promises. He will keep them. I assure you, if he got to send an earthquake to tear up the half of the place where you are just to honor his word, he'll do what he have to do because he is God almighty. And we thank him for being that. So those that do have your Bibles, turn to the book of Acts and 17th chapter. And when you get a chance, go back and read the whole chapter and it'll really put things in a whole lot more perspective. Now, the book of Acts was after they had, after Jesus came, lived his life on the earth, taught his disciples on this is how, this is how you should be, taught them the be attitudes. This is the attitude that you need to be if you're going to be a Christian and represent Jesus. And he taught them the ways uh, of God, the ways of love. And no matter what you do, do it in love and it'll be successful. Do it as unto God. Put your heart in it. Get some skin in the game if you're going to be in the game. And we thank the Lord how he taught us. So after that, he instructed them to go to the upper room and wait on the promise. After he was resurrected and the promise came and they received the gift of God. The Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God went on the inside of them and they had God in their flesh, in their temple. And we're the temples of God. So now we're in the, the book of Acts, which is the Acts of the Apostles. Now they've received Jesus. Jesus have ascended back to the Father, sitting on the right hand of the Father. Now the disciples is going about doing the works of Jesus. And as we go on over, we found out there was a young man. His name was Saul. And later on, his name was changed to Paul. He was headed in the wrong direction, quick, fast, and in a hurry. And he really thought he was doing the right thing. He was doing it so diligently. He was putting his heart into it, but he was doing the wrong thing. Have you ever been there in life? You put your heart into something and it flopped and you thought you was doing the right thing. And lo and behold, it was totally the wrong thing. But one thing about that, the Lord would turn that thing around. The messes that we make in our lives, the Lord will come behind us and clean them up and give us a message to take the world to the world to let the world know that I made a mess of my life, that I was in a hole and I couldn't get out like Jeremiah. But the Lord himself, he reached way down and picked me up out of a hole and he set my feet on solid ground and he helps my life because he loved me and because he put me here on this earth for a very purpose in my life. We all have a purpose. We're not just here to be here. And as we found out, Saul, as he was going about killing Christians, 
And then one day on the road to Damascus, as he was headed out, a light shined round about him and it knocked him off of his high horse. And isn't that so very interesting? Sometimes we can be going on in life and the only way the Lord can really get our attention is to knock us off our high horse. That he allow a light to shine around us and to dispel all that darkness that around us. But that light shined around Paul, around Saul at that particular time. And the Lord told him, why are you kicking against the prick? Pretty much what he said, I have had enough of you killing my Christians. And he said, Lord, what would thou have me to do? Isn't that beautiful? The Lord come to us and our response is, Lord, what would you have me to do? Not, Lord, why me? Why not you? Why not me? But Lord, what would you have me to do? And the Lord changed his name and he received the gift of God. He received the spirit of God in this life. Now Paul is going about preaching Jesus to the very people that he hurt, the very people that he abused. And the beautiful thing is that, yes, we made mistakes in our lives and you know, some, it's really good if we can get closure on some things, but if not, you have to turn that over to the Lord because only he can unscramble scramble eggs. But as Paul went about preaching to some of the people that he had already hurt, a lot of them did not believe it. But as he went about, they saw the change. They saw the transformation in his life. And now Paul, he's come to this place called Athens. I just want to kind of bring you up to date where we are. But do go back and read the whole chapter when you get a chance to. So right down here. At the 23rd verse of the book of Acts 17 chapter. For as I pass by, behold, your devotions. I, I, was, hell, I was looking at all these little, you've got a, a, a cell phone God over here. you got a TV God over here. you got made your car a God. you got all these gods. Just kind of bringing kind of where we're living right now in our century. But all those gods. And Paul would say, and then I saw an altar over there and there was an inscription on the altar set to the unknown God where, where Paul said whom therefore you you ignorantly worship him declare I unto you God that made the world and all things and we know that John 1 and 1 say uh, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God all things were made by God there was nothing that was made except it was made by him so we know that God spoke his word and created this world he created us too because he wanted a heavenly uh, earthly family so Paul is telling them that you're ignorantly worshiping a God that you don't even know and there's even in our present day, there are people that are ignorantly worshiping God because they don't have a knowledge of who God is. And the scripture tell us for a lack of knowledge, my people perish. You don't know what you don't know and you can't do what you don't know. So if you don't know who God is in that Paul call them ignorant, that you were ignorantly worshiping God and even a lot of the other men in the Bible, they call them ignorant and unlearned. Not that they were stupid, but they had no knowledge of God. See, this unknown God, anything that's unknown is you don't know who he is or you don't know him well enough. You don't have a clarification on who he really is. Or even a lot of people can't even identify who God is. They say, well, there's an energy out there. There's a power out there. Well, I know that there is something out there because we are here and I can't put a name on it. I really don't know what it is, but I do know that it is something. 
So a lot of people cannot identify who God is. And a lot of people have no clarification. And that's why Jesus said over in Matthew 11 chapter 28th and 29th verse, he said, come on to me. All ye that labor, you working every day trying to figure out your life and just life in general. And that are heavy laden. You've got so much stuff going on in your life. Multiple issues. He said, come unto me. And when you come, I am going to give you rest. When you don't know who the Lord is, things will stress you out so, and it will rob you of your peace. You can't sleep at night. You don't have no rest. So the Lord said, if you're working and you can't figure it out, whether you're working on a job or whether you're busy trying to get yourself together, nevertheless, it is still work. So whatever type of work that you're doing and all the multiple things that are going on at one given time, your life is so multitasked that you can't even get one thing completed. So the Lord said, you got all this stuff going on. If you come unto me, the first thing I'm going to do is going to give you some rest. I'm going to give you some peace because your mind is tormented. So when you come to the Lord, he said, then after I give you peace, then he said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take my yoke upon you. I want you to get connected to me. I want you to get hooked up with me and disconnected from all that other stuff. If you disconnect from the world, if you Come over on the Lord's side. I will transform your life. I will take all that hurt at your life. I will take all that abuse or, or your past that you can't seem to, your future is not clear because you, you keep, the past is still there and you have no closure and things are just going on that maybe you just don't understand. So the Lord said, if you come to me and if you take my yoke, if you get connected to me, and then after you get connected to me, he said, well, how do I get connected to Jesus? Romans 10 and 9 say, if you confess with your own mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. Because John 3, 16 said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, and it's really coming down to the whosoever. See, the Lord died for the world, but then the, the world is doing what the world is doing. So he brought it right down and put it on our doorsteps right here where we live, our doorsteps. He put it in our corner. He said, whosoever believe on me, I die for the world. But if the world don't believe on me, whosoever, if you believe on me, then you can have eternal life. And eternal life starts in this life. When you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and he inhabits your temple, eternal life starts because God himself has come in your vessel. And God is a spirit. John 4 and 24 tell us God is a spirit. And those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now we go to church or we praise the Lord wherever we are. I do more praise the Lord in my kitchen washing dishes. I say I water my roses, praising the Lord because he's so good. And I pray for my plants. Even after they die, I pray for them. Then I go back and they're alive again because the spirit of God is a living spirit. It is life. The life of Jesus Christ. It is the light of men. So Paul was there telling these people, said, so you've got an inscription over here of an unknown God. You don't even know who he is. So let me tell you. So the Lord is unknown to a lot of people in a lot of places. Check out the area that, you, that you're in. Ask somebody, what do you know about Jesus? And people say, well, not much, or I heard this, or I was told that, which is okay, but a secondhand salvation is not good enough. 
And it is so very important. So listen. So let's go back to the scripture. 24. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth. So Jesus is Lord of heaven and earth. So if you have some problems in this earth, you need to go to the Lord of the earth. And if you work in your way to get to heaven, first you got to receive him. He's Lord of heaven. So whatever we need in this life or the life to come, Jesus Christ is the answer for everything for the world today. He dwell not in temples made with hands. See, the Lord is not all about the building. It's not how intricate the building is in the big, beautiful steeple. It's not because there are a lot of people sitting in big old beautiful churches, but they're dead men bones. They don't know who Jesus is. They fussing and fighting and arguing. There's disarray in their home. If they knew the Lord, they would bring that argument to the altar and say, Lord, I'm tired of fussing. I'm tired of fighting. I can't figure it out. Lord, I bring this to you. I bring it to the altar and I leave it at the altar and I get up in faith and I believe, Lord, that you're going to help my life because I need help and I can't do it. I need a higher power and you're that higher power, Jesus. You're Lord of heaven and you're Lord of earth and you're Lord in my life. Jesus Christ, you're my savior. And when we know who we're talking to, when we identify who he is, even in Genesis, who he is, it said in the beginning, God, God was in the beginning and God spoke his word and he said, let there be light. And there it was. So if God is First, if he is preeminent in our life, if we can get first things first, we do well. So the Lord God of heaven and of earth, Paul is telling them, say he don't dwell in temples made by hand. He's not so much interested in your big, beautiful building. You can find the Lord in a little shack by the railroad track if it's full of the Holy Ghost, full of the spirit of God. It does not matter. As long as you get Jesus. So listen what Paul said. He said, neither is worship with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing that he give it to all. He give us all life, breath, and he give us all things. So who else you going to go to for all things? So, and have made, listen, oh, I love this, 26 verse. And have made of one blood. That is the blood of Jesus Christ. One blood. I don't care what they said on TV. One blood all nations of men, one blood, the blood of Jesus Christ. He's the one that shed his blood for the whole world. So when we accept Jesus Christ, we accept his blood. His blood washes us of all of our faults, mistakes and errors and all of our failures and all little, little innuendos, little things we just can't get rid of, all our little quirks and all our little attitudes that are so not sweet. He gets rid of all that. Because he gives us life, and listen at this, one blood, all nations of men, period, for to dwell on all the face of the earth and have determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. The Lord knew there was going to be people in the whole world, not just in the state that we live in. Jesus died for the whole world. And I'll tell you this, if you take a globe of the world, spin that globe and find a country. And in that country, find a state. And in that state, find a city. And in that city, find a house and knock on that door. Somebody in that house needs Jesus. He set it up like that. We're set up to win. It's already rigged from the beginning. And we're on a winning team. Team Jesus, right? Right. So, 20, 
seventh verse, that they should see, listen, and this is what people don't want to do, that they should seek the Lord. We seek everything. We seek counsel. We seek TV. We seek our friends out. They don't have the answers. And then they go put our business in the street. And then it's all on social media. But if we seek Jesus, listen, if happily, if perhaps that we might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from us. And here's where I want to get to for listen at this 28 verse for in him, him who Jesus Christ in him, we live, we move. And we have our being. And he said certain points of theirs that said that we are his offspring. We're his offspring. We're his children. We are. He loves us. In him we breathe. Adam wasn't a living soul until God breathed into his nostrils. And after that breath, then he became a living soul. Then he could walk and do a whole lot of other stuff. He began to move in God. So read that whole chapter. This unknown God, people ignorantly worship him. And people have this misconception of religion. God is not a religious God. He's a God of salvation. Salvation and religion is different. You know, I was talking to a lady. She said that, you know, certain Sundays at some churches, they wear certain colors. Well, I have found a support in scripture, but there's so much tradition that goes on in different churches and the traditions of the fathers. That's not God and the Bible tell us that we'll break the scriptures, but we'll keep the traditions. You know, going to the family reunion every year while the church got revival, but you're gonna be at the family reunion. God has to be first in our life, He has to be preeminent, He will be second to none. And if He's second to none, then He's not there. He has to be, He must be, He want to be, He need to be, and we need to let Him be first in our lives. And I want to give you the rest of these scriptures because I don't think I'm going to be able to read them. Uh, John 10 and 33 and um, John the whole first chapter my microphone just came off but that's okay so the whole first chapter of John how John is saying that um, that Jesus came into the world say the world was made by him and he came into the world and he came to his own people first but they didn't know it but whoso as many as received him Gave them power to become sons of God and as many as believed on his name. So I know this was quick and we got, uh, didn't really get to, get to all the scriptures, but God is a spirit. He loves us. Read the whole first chapter of John and he came to his own. He came to us today through this broadcast. Will you receive him? Will you believe him? See, believing and receiving is different because you believe something don't mean you're going to take it. When you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God, that's believing. But receiving is when you take him as your personal savior. I'll take Jesus as my savior. Won't you take him too? He loves us. God bless you. I pray that, that your life was enhanced, that it was helped today. And we'll talk again very soon. God bless all those that are out there. Keep praying. Team Jesus, we love you and God bless you.